0: edit that <laughs> I can't funny. edit that now <laughs> man I'm back I know you can't edit it out because it's live that's why I said well, it
1: he, I he, think he, he
2: can start
1: it up at a new point I'll just start the fucking show <laughs> uh,
3: just, yeah. it's time for let's go and with your
0: host own...
2: Welcome to Rat Cell Review. Hey, everybody. Oh, hey, Manny. What's what's going on? The hey. five are back.
0: Hey. Hey. Welcome Where's Greg? He's here. He's right there. I don't see his ass. Anyway. He's there. He's up there. He's in
1: beautiful high oh. definition now. He got a new phone. Yeah. Oh, wait do, do, a minute. Do Is you that want that to?
4: Blog? I'll give you a pressed fruit bowl. <laughs> there you are, man. There you are.
2: That's Yeah, that's what he looks like, unfortunately. Oh. Hey. Why do we hey, love that each other of hair. abuse on long, this show? Hair. They do have long, beautiful hair. I'd like to touch that hair one day.
0: <laughs> I need an adult. I need an adult. Nerd. A disturbing term. <laughs> no. Greg, Greg, right. but your
3: your safe word is pineapple. My virgin okay. ears.
0: I'd Pineapple. Of my time for you guys, because I'm supposed to be watching a hockey game. So, oh, don't worry oh, about please. it, you guys. You know. Hey. Anyway, oh. yeah, you can hear the Greg, idiot. and then Greg cuts me off. I'm trying to make a joke, you know? Well, you know, it's his show. He cuts us all off. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah,
2: you can put it on in the background there. Watch it while you're doing the show. No,
0: yeah, Because I'd be distracted. Plus, right. I'm meeting friends at the bar later. Yeah,
2: that's true. So let's get the show started.
0: All right. Uh, we it's are- a battle
1: for the metal ages. This is Howard Cassell for the Wide, Wide World of Metal iron maiden versus judas priest album for album who makes the cut will judas priest lick balls or will maiden get eaten by yeti who knows who cares watch along
3: <laughs> wow thank you for coming back alive there howard how was your, how was your vacation brains what who said that <laughs> this is howard Cosell's head
2: <laughs> you know, I, don't, I don't think I could have Did a better introduction than that. Um, but yeah, we're not just doing one album. We're going through the whole discography of Iron Maiden and Judas Priest.
1: Which is why so, we're calling it album apostrophe, uh, parentheses S versus album apostrophe, right. I mean, so, parentheses S. Yes. And yeah. this is
2: the, uh, the battle to end all of the uh, people who think Iron Maiden or, or Judas Priest is better. This is going to be the definitive answer when we're done. So no more battles between Iron Maiden and Judas Priest. We will give you the final I, answer when we're
3: done. I highly doubt that's ever going to happen. But, <laughs> why you know, are these
0: two bands always compared anyway? But we'll get I don't know. I, I, I truly don't, know.
3: don't
4: understand why that is. Yeah. I will be completely honest. I don't either. Just because they're British? Probably. Because they're British and they both attained the same level of major fame at the same time.
0: Well, yeah, okay. I, I think Iron Maine sort of surpassed that at this point. But yeah, I, nice.
4: well, they have. But I mean, in '84, you know, when Defenders and Power Slave came out, and then before that, you had number of the Beasts and Peace of Mind screaming for vengeance. I guess that's they, true. they were on top of the world. They were both doing these huge stadium tours in many different countries, and especially at least in America, because this is where you hear this argument from the most just what I've noticed from metal fans online is you know they were kind of the two biggest names for a little bit there the top two contenders and I think it just kind of turned into a battle
3: because they really bands from California came and ruined it all (laughs) (laughs) well not not necessarily
1: because there's one difference between Maiden and Priest and the California bands
0: what's that?
1: Maiden and Priest headlined arenas.
0: True. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Gunman. Actually, I'm sure as we get into it, we'll discuss, because they managed to hold on to their success, other than, well, we'll get to Turbo at some point, other than when nah. we we'll try to get, go uh, pop slash hair metal. Anyway, eventually yeah, we'll get to that album. So.
2: we got a long ways for that one, but uh, I just want to yeah, heads right up. Then. My father's apparently watching, so be on your best behavior.
1: Hello, Mr. Noon.
2: Mr. Noon, Noon. we we have
1: a lot of problems with you, sir. (laughs) And it all starts with your demon seed Wayne,
3: sir. Uh,
2: Well, he might be watching. I don't know. He could be yelling at the TV right now because he's probably trying to find a YouTube. He he probably
3: should be yelling at the TV. Why did I do this to the world?
1: (laughs) Damn Wayne and his damn rat salad review and his podcast and all this and that.
0: Why could you be a doctor? John
3: Fogelberg. You all
0: all know, to... <laughs> that money, my son wasted on that, that rock and roll <laughs>
2: <laughs> could be playing country music or something, making something yeah. of his life. Yeah, it could be uh, actually making money. I know, right? Listening Thank to God, Halloween around mailman. Christmas. No. <laughs> yeah, all he wanted to
3: do was listen to this band called Halloween. I don't know why.
1: What did <laughs> pink <laughs> bubbles go away for your birthday, son? What's wrong with you? Something wrong. I say something wrong with that boy. All right. Jesus Christ. Can we get
2: off the show?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're having fun at your expense. Shut up, Wayne. Anyway, let's
2: go. All right. right, Go ahead, Wayne. You want to start with Judas Priest first? Because that's what I got written down first. Good. Judas Priest, Rock and Rolla. Debut album released uh, September 6, 1974. Produced by Roger Bain, who produced the first three Black Sabbath albums. Uh, This is the only album to feature John Hinch on drums. Uh, Glenn (laughs) <laughs> Glenn Tipton uh, would have just joined the band during the recording sessions on this album and uh, some songs have featured uh, contributions from previous singer Al Atkins uh, the song Caviar and Meth was originally a 14 minute long song but uh, because of time constraints only the intro was recorded for this album which is Christ. I was going to say if
1: there was a 14 minute version of that riff being played over and over again shoot me now because that was yeah, boring yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Roger Bain the producer said yeah there's no room
4: on here for 14 minutes another thing I want to mention uh, to Wayne uh, to piggyback on what you said Um, a lot of the songs were freshly written by this album um, for this album by KK I mean and um, the purpose of some of them like run of the mill or one for the road was to highlight Rob's vocals Right, that kind of what they were most focused on here because they were still finding their sound and i think you can totally tell that on the record hey i did not know that i did not
3: know that
0: yeah um,
3: kind of makes sense though when you're listening oh, to it because they really the... try to push halford's vocals in a lot of the songs like he is mostly mixed heavily into it being in the forefront while everything
4: else is in the background Oh, run of the mills, totally built around his voice. I mean, you you can tell a, a couple of the riffs are cool, but musically, it's kind of a boring song. It's about what he's singing and how he's singing it.
3: But I uh, but I liked it. I liked those. Oh songs. no,
4: I like it. I'm just saying you can tell the focus was on the vocals.
3: And you can tell this guy had just done a bunch of Sabbath because <laughs> or yes. he'd done the Sabbath records because it sounds awfully like. Sabbath and Led Zeppelin had this uh, demon love spawn, and
4: <laughs> they turned into well, Judas Priest. What it sounds like the most to me actually is Budgie, and he also produced, he produced a couple produced of Budgie
0: that, albums. He? he produced yeah. the first one, didn't he? Yep, I yeah. think he
4: did. Squawk as well.
0: Yeah, I, I know he produced the first one because I remember reading the name, and that was very familiar. So uh, I, well, I don't know who. Uh, how do you want to start? Because I. I'll defend you. I actually like the album. I don't love it, but I like
3: it. Oh,
4: I like it too.
3: Oh, oh, oh! I'm gonna. I'm I'm saving my opinion for later. Right.
2: Well, I'll go first just to get myself
3: out of the way here. Uh, I think the
2: album is decent for a debut. Uh, Not mind blowing, but uh, this isn't the priest we would uh, soon get to know. Uh, This is more bluesy. Even their style of clothes uh, is like more hippie-ish type. Uh, than the leather stuff we would be known for but uh, there's some really cool songs in here the opening track one uh, for the road rock and roller even though the lyrics are kind of retarded uh never satisfied which i wouldn't have heard of until um, that judas priest tribute album where uh, armor and saint covered it that's like the first mm-hmm. time i ever heard that song uh and dying to meet you uh never satisfied is uh, i think is maybe the closest to how they would end up sounding like you know throughout their career um, I like the others as well, but those are like the standout ones for me. Caviar and meth just seem pointless, you know. And oh, uh,
3: caviar and meth is very pointless. Well,
2: yeah, the, the yes, the actual drugs are pointless, but uh, the song Caviar's is not a drug, you know. What yeah, I mean. caviar it's baby is fish, fish, fish eggs, eggs. Yeah, four strikes, eggs. man, four strikes. Don't let oh, me no. no, no, me no. We're not again.
1: touching that again. Well, how that how Randy you know Rhodes episode is, <laughs> is one of the most <laughs> least viewed episodes. I blame you, Wayne. Four strikes, you're <laughs> out, my ass.
3: Freaking, cra- yeah, freaking crashing his- crash a bus in freaking Knoxville yes. or in Smoky <laughs> Mountains. How dare you? Um,
2: the winter deep freeze, winter retreat, sweet thing was okay, but uh, honestly, I think they could have maybe rearranged that a little bit better because that middle part was like all just a bunch of noise, and in the end, like was a- an acoustic ending. It was kind of weird the way it was arranged. Um, I like Run of the Mill. It's a nice little ballad type song, and uh, despite the band not liking the sound of the album, I actually like it. Uh, it sounds different from the later stuff, but it has that heavy, warm sound, and almost a little doomy, a little bit. So I do like the album most of the, mostly.
0: I have to agree with you on that, song Suite. Uh, God, well, I was trying to find my album. It's in there, back there somewhere, but I have to agree with it. It doesn't sound very well thought out. That reminds me of what Black Sabbath did on the first album where they basically had Tony Iommi kind of jam mm. and then they just called it a song when you right. know yeah and I got a feeling maybe the same thing which is weird because Judas Priest probably weren't short of material so maybe uh, Roger I, I would
2: imagine a lot of these songs were being played live before yeah right, right.
0: and I imagine there was, was, was a extra tunes there that they didn't bother recording anyway I interrupted you Lucifer mm.
1: No, I I interrupted you. No worries. I apologize. But, I mean, technically, both Rock and Rolla and Sad Wings of Destiny, both consisted of songs that Priest had already written prior to the recording of Rock and Rolla, but Roger Bain thought that songs like Victim of Changes and Tyrant and uh, I want to say Dream Deceiver and The Ripper, he felt like they weren't worthy enough of being on the debut album.
4: Oh Well... The versions he heard, the original versions that were mostly penned by Al Atkins, are fairly, quite significantly different from what ends up being on Sad Wings.
1: Well, yeah, because we're going to discuss, if if that's a point of discussion, then we have to uh, be honest and say that at the time, Victim of Changes was Whiskey Woman. That second part, I don't even think it was even written by then. But, I mean, it was still... Uh, template for what was to come with the net, with the follow up album, which we'll discuss when we discuss the follow up album. Hold on, we got hey. some
2: messages in the chat. Um, naked HD XYZ, we have more cheap sex than Tinder
3: yay okay. i've been looking for cheap sex manny <laughs> <laughs> <Yay. laughs> with your track record i don't think jeep sex <laughs> is a problem this has been a very
1: cryptic day so far with, with uh the sexcapades and stuff like uh, that. Those we're resume, not gonna man.
2: talk about it here
4: no we're not <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. But um, what I was going to say was, uh, even on Rockarola, they changed a bunch of the musical arrangements from what they were before. And on the back of the first press of the original LP, it actually says, "Thanks for the words, Al." Oh, I—I uh, I guess I I'm not going question. to get it. But I guess I got a question
0: for you and Lou. I have a haven't read it yet. I have a—I've got Rod Halper's book. I haven't read yet. I read KK Downing's, and I've not read Martin Popoff's. So. Mm-hmm what songs or any of you guys can answer i know which couple were written already but what song was new to rock and rolla for the sessions that they brought in uh
1: Isn't i it? think that was one for the road and uh run of the mill so those yeah. are those two yeah because yeah. they were written <laughs> to highlight rob's
0: voice okay okay because are the two that you mentioned but i don't know if there were any others so um and i have to agree with uh Okay, where you we haven't? I'm here. I want to talk about Sad Wings because it's this such a because that's next Athens, week. Yeah, that's a, that's a hold. next week. Hold, wait for it. Wait, hold your position. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because the original vocalist, which I don't consider original vocalist because nobody ever heard of him, you know, because right. he didn't record with him. Mm-hmm. But the guy who co-wrote the songs originally has always made a big deal about being in Judas Priest. Um Mm-hmm. It's the Dale, it's the Dave Evans syndrome. Nobody but Dave Evans thinks that he's the original singer. Everyone acknowledges Bon Scott, and that's the end of the story. But same thing with Alvin Atkins, too. So I mean, how different were the songs on the demo form than they are on the album? I mean, I guess I can look at them up on YouTube, but are they significantly different or well,
4: that, on Sad question. Wings, they really are. There's there's quite a few different parts to the songs that were dropped and then added and rewritten. Um, on some of the stuff on Rock and Roll, it's more just they're playing in a little bit of a heavier style, more a la what Deep Purple or Budgie or Sabbath was doing at the time, or even Zeppelin for that matter, whereas... With Atkins, I hesitate to use the term "use the term boogie rock," but it was a little bit funkier and bluesier than.
0: Well, that kind of makes sense for the time
4: period. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. We are talking about seventy four here, so yeah.
4: And, and that's another thing that's amazing about it. Even though they really didn't change hugely, like they would on the next record, they uh, they rewrote these songs and put this together pretty quickly. That one would is- join the band in 73.
1: That is because they were on a very limited budget given to them from Gull Records. I think they had two weeks max to uh, get in, record this, and get out, and then go on tour. And by the time they were on tour, um, Gull was already in financial dire straits. Priest was broke. They asked for 50 pounds a week for their. Um, you know, uh, just to tie them over Dude. and go, yeah, for food. And Gull said, "No, we can't afford it." So, yep. like, you want to talk about like living in squalor and poverty and like, you know,
3: uh, did they weren't they weren't they literally sleeping in the van, yeah, during the day yes. and then going into the record co- and then going into the to the studio and playing and playing. Yeah,
1: like so they were clutching. Weeks, yeah. They were clutching to like stay afloat.
3: Yeah
0: so yeah uh, what's ironic is that gall records that i guess some form of it exists w- it will get to it when we get sin after sin but those albums have been packaged and repackaged countless times i think it was uh i think greg it was you that told me that um uh, was it hero hero that came yep. out like what in 82 Was remixed. It was between. Eighty-one.
1: It was between uh, British Steel and um, Point of Entry.
0: entry. So, but I, from what you tell me, that these albums are remixed to sound more uh, 80s styles. I haven't. I've got the. So I was listening
3: to it while I was running yesterday, just to hear, you know, to listen to it after I was finished with the Maiden album, and yeah, Yeah. it's (laughs) it's much different than what you hear on the YouTube. Yeah. So it's that guess- noticeable huh oh it's noticeable wow.
1: the last I remember I I don't know if anyone recently uh re-released it, but I know in two thousand one when I was a college radio dj um Koch records in Port Washington actually re-released both rockarola and Sad Wings of Destiny and as far as I know, that might have been the the last um, release that I know of at least I don't think uh, because I know that priests do not own any; they don't get any publishing or royalties from these two albums. Because it was part of them breaking their contract with Gull in the first place to yeah. sign with Sony. Right.
0: Yeah, I know. Hero, Hero, ironically, got released on Record Store Day, and so did uh some other uh, cash and comp. Like, called the best of Judas Priest. Uh, you that guys came out seventy eight. Yeah. Yeah. They they had a uh, the, with the knights on the cover or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. yeah yeah,
1: what's with the knight's head on his stomach? That's a weird thing. I don't get that. That was a weird <laughs> yeah. cover.
2: That's actually the first um, Judas Priest record I owned. And oh I got wow. that from my father, who was watching right now.
0: And Stephanie's your father is a good man. <laughs> hey, James. Well, is- he
2: didn't like Judas Priest. I think he oh, I it yeah, somewhere he or something
0: like that. Yeah, don't insult you. Of course he loved no. Judas no, Priest. No, he did
2: not. He did not like Judas Priest.
0: Well, that's the only priest I've ever loved. James, <laughs> uh, what was what are your thoughts on the music?
3: I uh, absolutely love this um, because it was really it was like Sabbath stuff. I grew up on the the really slow Sabbath songs. The, it was really Led Zeppelin, the good Led Zeppelin stuff, not the stuff that I drives me nuts. Um, very bluesy, very you just 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 it very. It was just southern. It sounded like a lot like southern rock, also. So you had like a I felt like a lot of Allman Brothers in there. You had and, and you had. A uh, little bit of the guess who in there, um, I felt like, and it just it was for me, it was like a quintessential '70s album. Whereas it's it, from from the Soundways, I know that it probably didn't sell worth a shit, but it sounded more like that type of style of music.
0: Lou, what's your thoughts on the music itself? they're just the music I
1: mean you know well I'll, I'll go by listing what my favorite songs are uh, one for the road rock rockarola which is my favorite song on it uh, never satisfied um, and run of the mill and uh, e- even though it's it's more well known for being uh, released on a, on a later priest record um, it was their first version of diamonds and rust on here and uh, I think it's just as good as the- Wayne why are you nodding your head
2: because uh, Alex came in the room he said hey the gents
3: Anyway,
1: thank you um so I, I will give the uh credit and say that I, I i enjoy those songs i mean musically you know i'm less disappointed in it than future priest releases which we'll get to that when we get to those albums um you know i think this the winter suite you know was great until the two minutes of vibrato and feedback yeah Uh, even as a guitar player i'm like you know i mean i don't even like hearing them on live albums why would i like hearing them on studio records i mean it's like i don't know to to soundscapes are cool when necessary i didn't think it was necessary this time i care more about the song than i do about you know crazy feedback and, you know, vibratum and things like that, you know, I, 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 as a part of a suite. Um, you know, Caviar and Mets, I didn't see the point of it. Dying to Meet You, eh, you know, I mean, it's not the worst Priest album, I thought, for a debut. Um, it, it was fitting. Definitely, I would say the one song that's probably indicative of where they would end up going and y'all might think I'm crazy for saying this, but I'm going to say it anyways, rock and roll off. Because part of it kind of reminds me of some stuff that you hear in later 70s priests. And, you know, I enjoyed it. And as far as I know, I did see them perform Never Satisfied on the Epitaph tour. That was pretty cool. And they're playing rock and roll on this this tour that they're on right now. So Mm -hmm. it's actually cool to see them acknowledge their history. I, I think it's important, but uh, one thing we should mention: <laughs> this is John Hinch's only album as a uh, uh, as a member of uh, Judas Priest on drums, and apparently was fired by Glenn Tipton for being musically inept. Wow!
2: Shocking! Wow! <laughs> wow! I didn't mention.
0: Yeah, that it, it's not. It's not good. Yeah. Hey, uh, I do think you're... he's bad. I don't think he's bad. I don't and, think he was uh, bad either, bud.
2: Hello to George from really? Timeless. Well. I would say time of song, but uh you know severed angel that. that's right severed angelhead
0: yeah, you're <laughs> fucking right <laughs> and Greg, what's your thoughts on on the album musically
4: um I like it, but there's there's nothing really super stand out or amazing about it it's it's good for a debut, especially considering how rapidly things change within the band but um the only songs I really say I can truly like are One for the Road, Rockarola, Never Satisfied and Run of the Mill. Um, I don't like The Winter Suite at all. Just does not work for me. It sounds like disjointed pieces shoved randomly together, but um, the music's good, if a little boring. Um, <clears throat> it's a good debut. With a couple of classics on it, but it definitely isn't where they go, where they would end up going, and they're clearly just a band in their formative stage at this point, but it's enjoyable, and it's pretty good for being of its time period, it's just not the best.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, my thoughts are that it's a good debut, but if this is where... If this is the only priest album released, release, we, Judas Priest would be forgotten, unfortunately.
1: They'd be yeah. the way of Keith Ralph's Armageddon.
0: Yeah, basically. Yes. Or Terrence and, Trent Darby. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I, I think it's interesting because well. lyrically, it's all over the place. I mean, you got songs like Rock A Roll A Woman for a Rock A Roll A Man. You can take her if you want to. And then you've got a song like Cheater. Which, let's forget about Rob Halford's sexuality. Just as him as a human being, as a man, when in the world would you even think that Rob Halford would go in and shoot anybody you know, for cheating? <laughs> so it is so against everything that he, you know, who he is or whatever. Musically, yeah, I, you know, until Greg mentioned it, Buzz, you never entered my mind. You know, uh, it did not enter my mind. But I can see where he's coming from. And in the United States, budgie was nothing. But in the in the uh, merging hard rock metal scene, I mean they never made it past second tier over there either. But they definitely were a respected band and other musicians did know about them and they definitely were a working band. But overall, I like the album, but I like it more for its historical content than musically, though I do like the music. I do like the music, but I think it's an interesting uh, debut that probably Priest would have loved to buried, but probably, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I don't, it was I don't, a good I don't see
3: why path. though. I mean, it's, it's a solid album. It's not like it's it's crap. Um, yeah, you know what it is. It, it's really it's solid. It's just solid. It's just know. it's just there. Nah. I you
0: think. Know what it, yeah, right, go, man, go, go ahead. ahead. No, I was just going to say. I think maybe the problem is because the three. Song main songwriters have become songwriters, you know, Hoffer, Tipton, and Downing. I don't think they're proud of it because I don't think they found their sound. I also think if you read KK Downing's book, I think their memories of that time period are so awful that they could have recorded Dark Side of the Moon meets Led Zeppelin 3, and they still would have disliked it just because of the memories. You know? But that's my opinion. Lou, I interrupted you.
1: No, no worries. Maddie, you can interrupt me anytime dude? It's fine. Um... I okay, this is you be a really odd, anytime, anyway. not you, James. Anyways, uh, this is going to be a very odd comparison. And again, you guys are probably going to think I'm crazy, but that's me. I'm an outside of the shoebox kind of guy. Um, I'm going to draw a comparison to Kiss um, 1974 debut Kiss album. Still classic material that they played to this day, even though the production wasn't all that great. I think we can all agree that the production on Rockarolla is really good, but the songs aren't great. I mean, it's not, you know, Killing Machine or uh, 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 Screamy for Vengeance level. Now, Kiss still loves the songs from their first album because a majority of their set list comes from that and Destroyer. But the production on it wasn't that great. Meanwhile, fast forward seven years later, Music for the Elder. Great production on that album. However, the time that that album was released and that time up to the release of Creatures of the Night was a very dark period for Kiss. So I'm thinking because this was Priest's darkest period, which thankfully for them, it was only at their beginning stages, but it's... They pro I wouldn't put it past them to have PTSD from that area from, from that period. I mean, like, like I said, they were living in squalor, you know, like their label wouldn't even give them 50 pounds a week just to buy food. Yeah, that's crazy. you know, so it's 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 probably reminiscent of a time that they don't want to remember because it was traumatizing. So that's that, that's the only comparison that I and you know, same reason why KISS doesn't want to remember the uh the elder, because again, to go from selling out stadiums and arenas everywhere and merchandising, there, merchandising, merchandising to nothing.
4: There's a, a video clip of Paul Stanley when they're, you know, interviewing and talking about the time periods and uh, that kissology volume two during the history of, and he's talking about the creatures of the night store. And it, it still clearly bugs him by the facial expression he made, but, they asked him about like what was the worst thing that happened live with Kiss, and he said i'll never forget on the creatures of the night tour playing this place in canada and it didn't look like there were that many people but i didn't realize how few until i threw a guitar pick out and it sailed over everyone in the audience I mean,
1: yeah
4: <laughs> <it before>.
1: that's <laughs> true in north america they weren't even playing to less than half filled arenas and you know and that's another album. Uh, I, I, Creatures of the Night is actually one that they do play a lot of material from. But again, that was the period where they're trying to come back up. This is Priest trying to build their way up and, you
0: know, yeah. PTSD. Well, you know how Wayne always has to bring Halloween in every episode? Well, I guess oh. I'm going to bring up Alice Cooper every episode.
1: Oh, right.
0: So that's it's fine. funny because oh, yeah, I like boy. Bod. Actually, they got a new uh, album coming out or something. And a oh, box yeah anyway um alice during that period wasn't selling many records it was selling less and less but it was still selling out uh pretty good size arenas. so it's just funny how different artists handle things differently you know um i'm not saying alice didn't care about selling albums but um he was you know i think it was happier that his sold this his, his concert sold more internationally than you know but then he never billed himself as you know as a uh, he didn't merchandise, merchandise himself till way, way, way later on when he was in his fifties. Anyway, we're getting away from the subject. Wayne, you want to move on to Iron Main, or what do you want to? Yes, do I want to move.
2: Everybody's done with the priest, right?
0: One yeah, question I, I want to ask everyone well, though: Did anybody get an Alice Cooper vibe at all from
3: this album? A little bit, just a
0: just a little bit.
3: No, I actually got got a little bit
0: a bit of it during the song that everybody hates, which is Caviar. No, Matt. no,
3: no, no, no. no, no, no yeah, the winter. winter. W- the deep freeze, up, uh, yeah, the winter, winter freeze though. and all that stuff. Because, uh, the winter freeze, yeah. Got it, was, a little, it, all, bit of, it was all a little operatic, and, and I know that uh, Alice is very into the opera stuff. So, yeah, I got a real, I got an outside from that.
0: I didn't, uh, I didn't really hear it, but it kind of makes sense. I mean, at that time, Alice Cooper band was the biggest international band uh, at that point, it's, you know
4: outside of Led
0: Zeppelin and Deep Purple so it kind of makes sense you know
4: yeah cheater while you know there's no similar riff or anything like that in the song it sounds like something that could be on love it to death or killer and that was actually one thing i was thinking of
1: all right all right so i'm not that far off but okay, okay. cool interesting not moving crazy on yet lou what's that you're not going crazy
3: yet
2: Uh, moving on to the uh, debut album from Iron Maiden released uh, April 14th 1980 the only album produced by Will uh, Malone uh, no relation to Post Malone and the only album that featured Dennis Stratton on guitar
3: Uh, I wish it it was by freaking Post Malone it (laughs) might actually sound fucking good
0: yeah. You know, oh my it's, god. <laughs> it's funny that, that you guys yeah, I know we haven't gotten to, but I actually like this shit production on the album. All right, keep going, right? Oh my
3: god.
2: I don't hear any shit. But um it says something when an album is released 42 years ago and they are still playing a lot of these same songs today.
3: You oh know? god, they are. I'm sorry. They
2: are. Uh oh, no, they're not. They're playing Iron Maiden.
1: They always play Iron Maiden. They
2: always play that. They've never gotten that out of their set, right? And uh, and the other song, um, what, what running, running free? Uh running free, they play once in a while. Uh Phantom, Phantom of, the of the Opera.
1: Yeah, Phantom thank no. you. Phantom of the Opera. Phantom yeah. only ever comes back for legacy
2: tours. They still play it.
4: So every couple of years, right. they They still, still little... setless list, is what right. Wayne's saying. I get what he's saying, yeah. All right, Wayne, fine.
2: Producer again? What's what? Oh, uh Will Malone.
0: Who the fuck
4: is he?
2: I don't
0: know. I mean I've yeah. read it on the album, but who who is he? No idea. I mean,
1: I know he's produced a bunch of other stuff. I just forget what it was. Um,
4: Anything noteworthy? I can't remember what bands he did, but um, he did produce a lot of rock in the 70s. Anything noteworthy? Obviously, um, that I don't remember, Greg. Not so really, no. no I, I can't really remember <laughs> yeah. much about him. Let me take a look real quick.
3: Uh, let see. The... He has worked with artists, including Black Sabbath. Oh, yeah. Uh, no. Will Malone?
4: No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he may have engineered, but I don't remember
3: yeah. it. Uh, he, he, ranger, he was also an oh, ranger.
4: Uh, black
1: Sabbath, Iron Maiden, Todd Rundgren, The Verve, Massive Attack, Depeche Mode, and Gianna Nanini, some Italian rocker. And yeah. uh, thank, thank you. I'm
3: reading. I'm reading right off of Wikipedia as well. I, <laughs> I, 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 I'm going to have to look at the what he did. Band. He did arrange. He did arrange some an strings O-Peth for Opeth's twelfth album. Yes. What? Him, yeah,
0: yeah. I'm shocked actually.
1: Funny story about Will Malone that I saw from the Iron Maiden early days uh documentary. Uh, apparently, he was so disinterested in, in producing the album that he would just like sit and smoke and read the newspapers they were recording. Steve Harris would go, Hey, how was that take? I think you could do better.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, I wish he uh, had a little bit more input in this, but hey, whatever.
4: And whatever. uh <laughs> well. We're- Well, and I I don't care for Dennis Stratton much. I never have. His style doesn't really fit. He's a good guitar player. But Malone also, because he totally didn't get what Maiden was about at all. But um, there is a take of Phantom of the Opera, which may long since be deleted. But uh, he encouraged Stratton to do a bunch of the Wishbone Ash style melodies that he does during Strange World during that song. And to sing backing vocals to Paul, oh, I can just oh, imagine oh, oh. awfulness. I was reading;
2: really, it sounded like something like a Queen song or something. So yeah, I can imagine what that was. That, that was
4: what sound. Steve Harris said. It sounded yeah, yeah. like a Queen song, right? Yeah. Which
1: is why he ended up getting the sack because apparently he, uh, according to Harris, he said he was trying to bring in like a like a like a Eagles type influence yep. into mm-hmm. them, and I'm just like, really? Mm-hmm. I, 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 you know, I. Obviously, my favorite t- uh, guitar team of, of Maiden is Murray uh, Smith, but I liked uh Strat and Murray's work on the first album. I thought, you know... I would, did, too. I, I'm I, getting I too far ahead of myself. That was the only
4: spot I saw in this entire thing. So. It's, he's not bad. He just doesn't fit. I mean, he tries to fit in, but there's, there's some melodies and licks where it isn't quite right. I still like it, but 8 the live versions of most of these songs I prefer just because Adrian and Dave together are just so amazing.
1: Oh, yeah, I agree. Like,
4: uh, like Remember Tomorrow on Made in Japan. Most oh, of the album yeah. version. I mean, Adrian is a very melodic guitar player, and they were just so in tune with each other. As good as Stratton does play on this, so never match that. Mm-hmm. And neither will the one who shall not be named, but we'll get to him much, much later. <laughs> So and, William, what's your take and, on
2: that? And album? the thing I meant by with, uh, them, you know, still keeping some of these songs for 42 years, uh, not like rock and roll, where they kind of just brought those songs back. And it's been like 40 years since they played them. Yeah. Well, you
4: know. and, th- and then a good thing to note about the dichotomy between these two, which is part of the reason I thought this was so interesting, is, you know, Priest was kind of in a rush. They wanted to highlight Halford to do this album right then and there and they yeah. were able to get it out maiden had worked on some of these songs for up to five years right, right. at this, this point and honed them in the clubs
2: yeah uh but about the album i mean it's hard for me to really say anything bad about this album i pretty much i think it's great it starts it flows really well from start to finish uh, starting with prowler then uh, remember tomorrow i mean everything just flows with each other uh, my top favorite song here is Phantom of the Opera. I just love that song. My favorite instrumental out of like all instrumentals is like Transylvania. I just love that whole thing. It just uh, brings back a lot of memories too from uh, being in school as well because all all my friends in school when we first heard that song we just uh, were like insane about that. Um, Strange World I would like. Charlotte the Harlot. I If I had to take a song off of this album it would probably be that one.
1: You skipped one.
2: It's not included. In the original version.
1: I don't give a flying I mean,
0: fuck It was in the American in a, version. I've got it's the American on the original version. American American, it's, it's on the
2: original American version, but it's technically not in the UK version.
0: Which song is that? Sanctuary. Got- Sanctuary. Well, oh. oh, that's not on the, because all I've had is the EMI American version.
1: Yeah, that's the one that was released through Harvest. But no, the actual UK version uh, doesn't yeah, include Sanctuary because off. that was a single. Yeah. Oh, I didn't
3: wow. Which I'm glad it's I don't not even on have sanctuary cause... on here, so I don't
4: know I don't like that.
3: About. I hate that song.
4: I love I... that song. And w- one thing I did want to say about this record is even though I grew up with the eight or well, my original version had Sanctuary on it as track seven in between um uh, uh Strange what, World and Charlotte. Yeah, Strange World and Charlotte, which just not does not flow at all. It just messed up the flow of the record, which is why once i got the obi version i pretty much stuck with just listening to that but i do like the song and when they did the remasters in 98 even though i hate the brick walled sound and pretty much everything else about them including changing the artwork to this record Mm -hmm. putting sanctuary as track number two i think really elevated the record a little bit i can agree with that because it's still aggressive but it's not out of the gate, like Prowler is, so it's a nice little transition in between Prowler and Remember Tomorrow. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I, I just I'm glad it, it's not uh, on the UK release. I, I can do without that song. I remember like the original version. I had always had the Sanctuary on it. I always skipped that song because it just seemed very repetitive.
0: And well, I always see, hated the song that they all got songwriting credit on yeah. his album. You know, it's says by Iron Maiden. Well, I think the lyrics are. Goofy, you know I've never killed a woman before, but I know how it feels.
4: <laughs> <laughs> you know I don't care um, for the
1: lyrics in the song, but the intensity for, of
4: the song is good. Yeah, for as hard as Steve had to work, I can let some of the stupid lyrics go. Uh,
2: oh. can, can, Canada spaceman uh, joined the chat here. He says the debut uh, made now was great, but Love Killer is better with the fatter bottom end sound.
4: Yes, yeah, well, I, we'll, get maybe, we'll get to that next week. As much as I love yeah, Transylvania, yeah. Genghis Khan's the best um,
2: oh, yeah. instrumental they ever did. Yeah, I like Transylvania, man. And
4: mostly because they just like Clyde go nuts on that song. Man, I mm. love the drums on Genghis Khan. Well, we should, but anyway, what
0: underrated drummer he is, and also, in my opinion, underrated vocalist that Paul Deano is. But we'll get, oh, yeah, I think that is not mentioned. Um, i actually like dennis stratton's work on here um yeah i mean i have to agree i guess if i were to really think about it his style really is so different from uh adrian smith i mean in the long run i don't obviously it wouldn't have worked out because i mean they got rid of him as soon as this album came out
1: as soon as the the kiss tour was over (laughs) because they opened up for kiss in europe Oh, that had uh, during the Unmasked tour, they were the band handpicked by Kiss to open up for them in Europe.
0: Yep. So, James, thoughts on the album? Since uh, you seem not to like it.
3: Thanks, I hated
0: it. What? <laughs> go ahead. No, go ahead. garbage.
3: Fucking garbage. No, I want to hear. No, I, I want Are to you hear serious?
4: Hundred percent. Oh my I'm God. going to come ready go for this on your porch every morning. Now come I don't fucking care how much you, at you at me, draw. <laughs> come, come at me! I've got notes for this shit. You ready for this? No, go! I want to hear it.
3: Song by fucking song. Um,
4: well,
1: can, can I? Can I? Can I say mine before uh, James? Yes, goes please. Under a tirade? What the hell? Yeah, just just to ease in to James because <laughs> I think he's gonna go buck wild in a minute. Okay, so definitely one of my top favorite Maiden albums. The production, as much as it would have been cooler to have heard Martin Birch's uh, production on this, because, you know, apparently that's who Steve wanted from the beginning, but he was unavailable at the time. You know, it would have been a better sounding record. But, you know, like Blizzard of Oz, where it was a great debut album with not the best production, I would put this up there with it. Um I love the songs. I love this era. Paul Diano and Clive Burr uh, are my preferred singer and drummer for Maiden. And, uh, even, you know, and I'll, I'll get more in depth in that once, once we get around to Killers. But uh, I love this record. It's one of the best debut albums that I've ever heard. It's one of my favorites. It's one of my five favorite Maiden albums. Um, there's not a bad song in this. Wayne, you're wrong. Sanctuary is my favorite song off this. And I'm going oh, to include sorry. Sanctuary on this because when I first heard the record, Sanctuary was on it. Yes. Same,
2: yeah. <laughs> no, same with Better. me.
1: But so, if we're going to get technical, then I would have to say that the my favorite song on this is Phantom of the Opera. Okay. So
0: If, if you were to see how beat up this is, I've had this since I was uh, 12 years old. And keep in mind how old I am. Which and that's know. an iconic album cover. I mean, yeah. come on, Eddie yeah, looking it's, at it's, you it's, it's, in the streets in the middle of the cover. night.
3: I like Eddie, but I mean, James, you
1: <sighs> may continue.
0: Yeah, no, James. Uh, now I want to I hear, hear, I hear uh, James, and then uh, I want to hear. I want to hear. Gonna, uh, I, all Frank. right,
3: I'm about to piss off some people, so, th- so just sit back,
0: relax, enjoy this fucking ride. Stay in and your, your right. hate mail to Wayne and Wayne's <laughs> dad. All right, go ahead. All right, James, can you speak
1: closer to the microphone so no one misses
3: a word you say? Don't ever fucking miss a damn word of all right. So so Prowler starts like just every Iron Maiden song ever fucking played. It sounds like it and it sounds like it all the way till the guitar solo. I like the guitar solo. So I ending with a compliment. Remember tomorrow. <laughs> I like this one because there's a difference between the verse, the chorus, and the bridge.
1: I like that. There is no chorus on that.
3: <laughs> yes, there kinda. is. Yeah, there is.
4: Yeah, there's a chorus to remember. There's definitely, a chorus.
3: Running yeah. free. Yes, ah. it's a good. It's running free. Good <laughs> radio song. Van Halen would Van Halen would have ate that shit up. Phantom of the Opera. Back to the Iron Maiden sound. I it, the riffs so, are so repetitive. But see,
4: James, you do you don't like the gallop? I'm guessing.
3: It's it's not the it's not the gallop. It's the. He plays the rift and it's playing the rift like it's a fucking timing. So it feels like keeping a beat, but with extra steps. And that's my biggest issue with Iron Man. It is so fucking annoying because I'm just like, all I'm hearing is the rift. And it's just repetitive, 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 repetitive. Then they'll change the rift, go to that, go to that, go to that, go to that, go to that. Then change to another rift, go to that, go to that, go to that, go to that, go to that. And it's just, for me, completely throws me off. I just can't get into it, so that's why I don't like it. I, I know it's it's a me problem. So whoever, so yeah, you get mad at me, you get mad at me all you want. Uh, and his address is uh... exactly come on, Doc, bro. <laughs> and and 13, I literally put that
1: fight me lane. Yeah, fight
3: <laughs> fight me. Uh, so I put Transylvania. I literally put playing the same riff for four or eight phrases is not brilliant. It's keeping a beat with extra steps. Yes. Strange World Intro is awesome Very Pink Floyd-esque Charlotte the Harlot Oh my god So original Holy shit this is so hacky If it wasn't for the lead guitars Doing his best to try to keep this song on the rails It would fucking suck (laughs) Iron Maiden Another Iron Maiden song into repetitive with a good chorus
2: Now if you put yourself in 1980 How would you feel?
3: I would still say it sucked. (laughs) Google (laughs) Gaga, it
1: sucked. No, wait wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you saying that because you've heard metal bands since then that you think are better? Or are you really genuinely not a fan of their song structure?
3: I don't like their song. It's it's not just because I've listened to other music. I just don't like how, how they do their songs. And, th- and this is all the way back to when I was playing Gettin' 2 with them being on the entire fucking soundtrack of listening to The Trooper while trying to mow down people in a car. <laughs> I also
4: played that game and it was a lot of fun. It, it was.
3: So like that's, that's what I'm saying. Like I'm hoping, I'm, I truly am, that these, that these Iron Maiden records that are supposed to be the greatest thing of all since life's fucking bread, change my mind. I want them to you know, fucking come change my mind. I am willing to, I am willing, I am going to try. However, if this is the best they fucking got, it's going to be a long goddamn month of this shit. Remember, (laughs) it is a debut record, right? It is. That's what I'm saying. It's a debut. Come change, please change my mind. I pray to God change my mind. But I feel like this band is just put up on this freaking pedestal and I've never heard a song that just goes, oh yeah, these guys are good. These guys are great.
2: Well, if you didn't like that one galloping song,
3: yeah,
0: it's you're not, not gonna like
2: good. the rest of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not yeah. looking good. You
0: might, <laughs> you might, you might have what? a problem with this album, but this band, James.
3: Uh, well, I mean, I mean, it's okay. Uh, then I'm gonna have a problem with this band, but I'm gonna be here, and you know, what? I'll be the antagonist. I'll be, I'll do what I do best. I'll antagonize.
0: Bring it on. No, <laughs> I, I actually, like the, the fact, I actually exactly. like the fact that you don't. Know, that you're not, uh, you know, worshiping hired maid like uh, everyone else is. So. I-
2: Canada spaceman, uh, I guess he said this earlier. Good point. Debut LPs that are underproduced, bare bones, do seem to launch a lot of bands. And Mark Bruchette says, "What's with the sex bots?" I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. They just came out of nowhere. Hey,
3: hey yo yo, we don't we don't we don't discriminate on the sex bots. We okay? don't. Uh, I'll leave yeah, them up yeah. there if you want the
2: link. So I,
1: I think Keep it's going. amazing that James has gone full Steven Crowder with his "Come Change My Mind" thing right now when it comes to hey, irony. Thank, thank you for yeah.
3: understanding what I was doing. Thank you. um, even
0: though even though i do not listen to louder with crowder i I didn't think you did (laughs) so greg your thoughts on on the record musically and anything else
1: yes the king of Nuabum on uh oh yeah
4: we have our
3: it's it's one
4: of my favorites it's not my favorite maiden album i could only give it a nine out of ten just for a couple of the small issues it does have but I think it's great, really. The only true negative I could say is the production. Even though Stratton's not the best they had, I still like them a lot. And frankly, it's kind of neat to hear them do something like Strange World, especially since uh, Steve was such a big Thin Lizzie fan. It's cool to see him stretch out a little bit and do something a little bit more uh, 70s like that. But um, it's great it's just chock full of classics and phantom of the opera i think is one of the best songs they ever wrote just a good time and i mean clive makes the biggest difference in the world to me he's such a more aggressive and plays by feel more than nico does that him along with paul's voice is just magical to me and
1: I thought he had great timing, too, as a drummer, oh, which yeah. is oh, he does. something that I could, that, that I genuinely could say, I don't really feel that way about Nico because I'll, even on studio records, as we'll hear later on, he s- starts okay, but then he speeds up when he shouldn't. It, and it, unfortunately it comes off that way live too. So oh, I, th- yeah, I think, I yeah. think Nico's a good drummer. But he's no Clyde Burr to me. So, no, well, I would give,
3: and, I would give, I will give Clyde that, too, that thing. when he, he comes has...
4: out, sorry, sorry, Greg.
1: Sorry, Greg, N- what were you Niko, saying?
4: Nico actually knows that about its timing. It's funny because he brings it up in the early days interviews. He says straight out, he thinks Clyde Burr is the best drummer Iron Maiden ever had. Hmm. I mean, I like, I like, Nico said these, that, during, or yeah, yeah Nico <laughs> says it himself. Oh.
3: Hmm. I, I kind of like it that in there because you could tell, like, when he comes in and when the guitarist comes in and the guitarist comes in off timing, he does adjust to the timing. Yes. There is an on-the-fly adjustment in every song that he does because for some reason that, I think that's also what drives me nuts is that, is that I hear the drum beat, I hear the sound, I hear the beat, how it's going and then the guitar comes in and or the bass comes in and fucks it all <laughs> up. Why well,
0: I, I also think James, James yeah you have a problem with the production of the album itself i mean yeah. i think if the song even if you thought the songs are brilliant which i don't think good production would make you change your mind on the songwriting james but no i i do think the production is your main contention with that of that album i um, what i find amazing about this album is we, we are just talking about judas priest but not just judas priest they're uh uh, Deep Purple, uh, Alice Cooper, um, oh God, who else? Uh, Scorpions. Uh, Deep Purple, Scorpions. Thank you. Um, these guys, these bands that became iconic, didn't have their sound on their first album. But Iron Maiden, for the most part, had their sound, had the image of Eddie right away, um, right from day one. And I find I find that interesting because I mean, the, and even ac for a certain point. Yeah, they have their sound, but it's not totally as aggressive as, as they would get with Let There Be Rock, you know, even. So it's kind of interesting that from day one, not only did they have their sound, but Greg mentioned that Steve Harris wanted Martin Birch, right, for a producer. They even knew who they wanted as a producer. And I don't think it's just because he read the back of a, the Black Sabbath albums. I think he liked the way those albums sounded. Because I don't think Iron Maiden sounded anything like Black Sabbath.
1: Well, at, um, the to- at the time, Martin Birch was recording um, Deep D- Purple. Uh, he was known for Deep Purple's yeah, um, was, yeah, Machine Head. He hadn't produced Heaven and Hell by yeah. At that you're point. right.
0: That was 1980.
1: You're right. And and to to, to respond to your statement, um, the reason why you know Maiden songs in as they progress later on didn't deviate that much from the first album. Harris is the primary songwriter. Yeah. Listen, let's get one thing straight. In in the end, Harris is the uh, Iron Maiden is the Steve Harris. Rod Smallwood project is really what it is. It means Steve is the only original member of the band. I would like to include Dave Murray in that. However, there was a point where Dennis Wilcock, one of the singers prior to um, Paul Diano, fired Not just Dave Murray, but the entire band, with the exception of Steve Harris. That's crazy. So, you know, it's Steve's baby. Now, I pose a question to you, gentlemen. So this album is considered the bridge between punk rock and what was to be known as the new wave of British heavy metal, of which Steve Harris himself completely denies that. And wants nothing to do with punk, states that he loathes punk. But let's face it, Paul Diano, you look at him in the photograph, he looks like a punk rocker. Oh, absolutely. He looks more influenced by the Ramones than say, you know, Black Sabbath. I'm just calling it how it is.
0: I don't think Paul Diano's ever um, mentioned metal uh, band he's influenced by actually. Now that you bring um, How do you guys feel about that statement? i agree 100 with you
1: lou
4: actually (laughs) i disagree i agree 100 with steve harris i think people get confused or blinded by giano's look his raspy voice and the raw production on this because musically outside of charlotte the harlot being a little punchy i mean it is an aggressive record but um I don't hear much in common with punk at all. It does not sound punk inspired, outside of the production. And okay, you could make the argument about Diano's voice being raspy, and he has that that uh, type of pronunciation more similar to punk. But no, I uh, I disagree with people that think it's a it's a melding of the two. Yeah.
3: I would I I agree with Greg because. Outside and I'll put it even outside the repetitive, you know, notes. Uh, I I don't see the punk in it. I don't. And I, then this is coming from a guy who loves Dead Kennedys, loves Ramones, all that stuff. So I, I I I first was a punk fan before I was a metal fan.
0: I do in the terms of attitude. I'm not talking right. about lyrically. Um, and again, this is probably what Greg's point is more based on Paul Diano's voice, even his look than musically musically even lyrically um there's not a lot of social conscious uh, stuff on there like there is in punk music you know um i mean he's not a, i mean uh, you know iron maid's about a torture chamber and uh, remember tomorrow which is a great song um you know steve harris i mean i i guess he still does this he was he was very influenced by sci-fi movies books horror films um and, and you know i guess he still is because he still writes about a lot of the same subjects but yeah i have to agree with lou in in terms of attitude musically yeah no not punk at all but even even the cover which is not on purpose with eddie you know with the spike hair it probably wasn't steve harris intention but definitely the artist whose name escapes me right now Derek thank you I think he, that was definitely a nod toward punk rock, which is only at that point um, three years you know, old as a genre. So.
1: The funny thing is Derek Riggs said that he was influenced to draw the head for Eddie by looking at the uh, decapitated head of, I think, an American soldier on a Vietnamese. Oh, stand. yeah,
0: yeah. Yep. yeah I, I, I heard that too. So.
1: Although uh, Derek Riggs has also been quoted as saying that he thought that the Americans just put that on there for sympathy. Now, I don't know. I wasn't alive, but I did see the photo. It did look strange,
2: but I'll leave it at that. Wayne, what do you think? Yeah, I, I actually do hear some punk influence in there. You know, because it's uh, more of a faster Iron Maiden than, you know, what they would kind of be later on. You know, they kind of slow down a little bit. But I, I think that the, uh, the look, like you guys said with Paul Diano, definitely looks more like a punk rocker. And they seem to, yeah, I, I, I do see more punk in Maiden in this early stage too. And also too, um when like Bruce comes into the band, I don't think he gives these songs justice like um like Diano does at all. Never no,
4: Bruce to this day cannot sing Remember Tomorrow no. satisfactorily.
2: No, I don't Bruce think. is a
4: hack. That's <laughs> yes, not it, it. Jesus you. Christ. <laughs> um some
2: some questions uh here in the chat. And I, I don't think he is, but uh Mark Bruchette asked, um uh, was Fast Eddie Clark briefly in Iron Maiden? No. No. Okay. I didn't think so. Um, so uh, fast Way
1: opened for Maiden, I think, at one point. On and that album had Fast Eddie Clark in it.
0: Riot. Yeah. Well, when I saw Iron Maiden way back, it was Quiet
4: Riot over here. Well, uh, it, was, it was split. Half the country got Fast Way, and then the other half got Quiet Riot. And then mm-hmm. I know ACDC played part of it too, but I can't remember if they had a third band with them at that point or not. Yeah.
2: And uh, the great Harry Barnett, uh, he's influenced by whoever knocks all of Wayne's CDs off his shelf. <laughs> <laughs> why is he always healing you?
1: <laughs> I don't know. Why, why uh, is he, he why is he Dan me. housing he your to. chips there? Um
2: I don't know.
3: He, he probably missed Okay, okay. my doppelganger and I have, have some shenanigans we like to do Okay we like shenanigans
0: Yep
2: that's what it comes down to
0: um, um, I hate to say this But I prefer the Main debut Over Judas Priest even though I shouldn't say this but I'm a bigger Judas Priest fan And I'm an Maiden fan by far
2: But Well let's get through the whole discography Before you go ahead and uh, you know, all right. announce, all right.
0: announce your findings You might right. uh,
2: change your mind by the time we're done You never know.
0: Well, I'll change my mind the minute James changes his
3: mind. You're not not making it sound really uh, good for me there, uh, Manny.
0: (laughs) I don't, don't worry. I know I won't change my mind either, but I do love both bands. I don't, I still don't get why they're compared so much. I mean, I know we talked about it, but I, I don't totally get it, you know.
2: I'm going to keep score here. Uh, what would we give uh, out of a scale from uh, 0 to 10 uh, for the Judas Priest album?
4: Uh, six. Six. six.
2: Six. Six. Wow, all six. Judas six, 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 six. I mean,
4: you know, it's and actually, don't get me wrong, because I wish more people would listen to Rock and Roll because even though it's not their signature style, and some of it may be a little underdeveloped, There's are still good songs and it's a good listen. It's a fun record to listen yeah. to. Yeah, it's, it's a good listen. It's, it's a valiant
3: part. effort. Yeah. It, it, you can, it really you gets driving unfairly, someone listening to that and be, not, and be no problems.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it gets unfairly maligned. It's just in this specific case, Maiden was just in such a stronger position when they uh, did their debut. Yeah.
2: Uh, Harry Barnett says, bold people pick on bold people. And speaking of bold people, shout out to Eric Adams. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. What are we gonna give the uh, Iron Maiden
0: album? Ten. Ten. Wow. I give, I give it, it nine. I give it an eight. I'll give it a uh, I'll give it a five for production, eight for song and overall performance. So uh, James, one. Wow, one. damn, one, <laughs> one. He was being generous because he hated. It. <laughs> like, don't give out he, zeros. He can't
4: give it a one. He I gave it a one. At least got to get two stars. Uh,
2: he did like that solo in the in Prowler, so. Oh.
4: <laughs> hey. Oh,
3: hey, yeah. uh, sorry, sorry. I'll go with a two. All right. I'll be the Russian judge and give
0: him a two.
2: That must be a great joke.
0: <laughs> hey, leave James alone. He he's
2: <laughs> All right, I'm giving it a nine as well because I just did not care for a of the heart that much. Even though I like it, but it's all right. Uh, and Mark Meshik gives it an eight. It's uh and um, Priest is a solid six. He says so. Very cool. I mean, yeah. So. I mean,
3: yeah. It's, is is it is it Priest's best work? No. Is it a good album? Yeah. Is it, yeah. Is, it is it is it anything groundbreaking? No. Oh, we're I getting didn't... there
0: with the priest. We're getting there with the we're priest. Go, yeah. Right.
3: I mean you can yeah. you can see you can hear there is some genesis there. You can yeah. hear some things. Like yeah, Peter,
0: Peter Gabriel? Gabriel or Phil
1: Collins version. No, just kidding. Sorry.
4: <laughs> Actually <laughs> on African both... or European. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I'm well, gonna have anyway, a hard time. On, with the on, next. <laughs> on both the debut and killers. Um, because things did change a little bit, both because Bruce came in, and then they were also moving forward, and Steve's playing to conquer the world. But you can totally hear elements of Sad Wings, Sin After Sin, and stained glass in both the debut Iron Maiden and Killers. Oh yeah! Oh hell yeah! Hell yeah!
0: Yeah, I mean, everyone talks about Wishbone Ash being the uh, call, you know the uh, originators of twin lead guitars. That really? Might be before than Lizzie yeah because then lizzie's first album only featured eric bell remember oh, this is true yeah yeah um but then lizzie perfected it but it was judas priest that popularized it you know worldwide anyway next album was going to be tough for me between killers and sad wings i already know what james answer james answer will be next album but, <laughs> on contest, but. james
4: you better listen to that one hard that's my favorite album of all time i don't have a tattoo of it for no reason well, you better
3: be ready for sophisticus because I'll have notes ready. That's fine. <laughs> hey, at least you can give me credit. I listened to the fucking album. You did. That's you fine. Did. Actually, I
4: twice. I made notes. Uh,
2: but, my, but, my,
4: my, my dueling well, gloves well, getting itchy. Well,
1: but remember, <laughs> though, next week is "Sad Wings of Destiny" and "Sin After Sin." versus killer yes. so it's a three-way and, album episode and
4: to explain a little bit to uh the fans out there how i came up with uh these pair ups is because not only is there a disparity between the numbers of the albums with the two bands but what i tried to do because i paired some together on pre-side and on maiden side is match kind of where they were in their careers at the time wow. so for sense. example yes they 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 first hit their niche with their sound on sad wings, but they were still transitioning into true heavy metal on sin after sin. And I really think the two of them fit together like that. Whereas Steve's vision was so clear and they were such a tight unit. I mean, they just elevated to the next level on killers, but then also you have to think of the commercial thing. Priest started to take off with staying class and, uh, killing machine hellbent for leather and maiden did with number of the beast so that's also how that fits
2: yeah so this, it's not going to be like you know one album or each one album so it's going to be a little mix of stuff here so it'll be fun it'll, but
1: definitely at crucial points of their career right you know
2: yeah you know, there's yeah, two, only because priest also has more albums than maiden as
1: well this, so. this is true they got about uh, six years of re- recording records more than uh than maiden but uh, i will say this uh there's two points i want to make number one i think it's safe to say black sabbath invented heavy metal in my opinion i'm going to uh, quote ralph vieira because i agree with him judas priest perfected heavy metal think they, about all the bands that came in their wake like uh, from, from the thrash bands of the speed bands of the power metal bands
4: Yep, and even though we're not up to it yet, but this is a big point I'll make when we will get to it. I mean, just demolition is your favorite class. For oh, shut minute. up, Wayne. <laughs> from, the be- from the beginning notes, yeah, shut up, Wayne. I'm saying something. <laughs> um, but from the beginning notes of it, and then just the sound, the production, everything on that record to me, staying Class is what first cemented that heavy metal sound that would lead into what it would become in the eighties. Because yes, Sabbath invented it but there's still a lot of the blues rocking Sabbath.
1: This is true. true. The second point I wanted to make was that at two points in their career, Maiden and Priest did tour together. Uh, Point of Entry Killers and Screaming for Vengeance, uh, Number of the Beast. At that time, yes, Priest invited Maiden on tour, but every night was a battle for who was getting the bigger um, reaction. From the crowd and Maiden was on this, you know, upward trajectory where they were becoming the band that everyone had to top on a nightly basis. So apparently there was a supposed rivalry that was going on between the two, which is, I guess, the reason why 40 years later, there's still this argument of who's better priest or Maiden. I mean, personally, it's 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 irrelevant. I love them both. As we get into every album, we'll just explain why we prefer one album over the other. But I mean, if there really well, was some a of us hatred. Will. Fine, <laughs> James. Some of us will. But if there really was a hatred between both bands, why would Maiden have invited Halford out for the Brave New World Tour if there was real hatred there? Seriously, people, take it easy.
0: Well, gentlemen, I've got to go. So and we're so wrapping we. up, anyways. And we're
2: out of here. So...
0: All right. Excellent Join us show, next week. It, it was wow. a lot of fun.
2: Join us next week for uh, more Iron Maiden versus Judas Priest. And uh, we will see you then. RatsideReview.com, Music is Life Podcast.com. Maiden subscribe. wins. What? Sorry, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, Maiden wins this night. Yeah, Maiden wins tonight. But we'll and see believe what happens
4: it or not, week. even though I love Iron Maiden so much, there actually are a couple where I picked the Priest albums. So stay wow. tuned.
1: Iron Maiden wins this round who is going to come up in future battle for the Middle Ages versus Iron Maiden and Judas Priest Howard Cosell wishing you good night good luck and good blowjobs for everybody, Damone and please
4: see the front desk to validate your parking see you guys (laughs) oh boy
3: For all hard rock, heavy metal bands needing worldwide exposure at affordable prices, Online Metal Promo PR is taking bands from the underground to above ground. Visit their official website at OnlineMetalPromo.net. OnlineMetalPromo.net.